Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live Saturday mornings from 9 till 10. Find us online at federalnewsradio.com or hear us on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area on the following frequencies, 1500 AM and 1039 FM HD2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now, here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And I'm Jim Russ. Well, it's nice being back in the United States again. I was in it India. Is. Were you fleeing from something? No, or? I was in India. I went over for graduation at our campus in New Delhi. We actually moved to a new building in Noida, ah. which is the education hub. It's a, a suburb of New Delhi. I went up to look at a uh, another location up in Turk, which is up in Chattisgarh, which we're going to be opening up sometime near the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Things really look nice over in India. And we had a big discussion over uh, how to produce an educational program that's good for the students in India. We like to say it's an American education with an Indian soul because we incorporate in the general education requirements much of the Indian culture, mindfulness, happiness, and we build it into the program so that students get a taste of India as well as the skills that Americans like. So Mm -hmm. it's... It's well-received. I love to go over to India and talk to all of our students over there. And this week, we've got lots of things to cover, a lot of activity going on. Amazon is now going to deliver to your car trunk rather than to your house. So, I have some very strong feelings about yeah, this. Yeah, and there's, a, and there's, a, a, there's an, a new addiction out that has a name. What's that? If, if somebody's always taking selfies, it's called selfitis. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the, the psychology of self-itis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amazon fake reviews are a big problem. Really? Bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, this week, they're trying to get a last gasp to save net neutrality. The Dems are trying to get something through Congress. We'll see whether that's actually going to happen. And we're going to feature the man who is co-founder of the internet malware company, uh, anti-malware company, Malware Bytes. This is the this is a program that I recommend, and and I decided, well, why don't I just feature the guy sure. who started it? He's from Poland, and uh, you know he came to this country and was three years old, and of course it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. Ooh, very good. Wow, look at that. We got an email from Jim in Bowie. Dear Tech Talk, I listened to some uh, to Tech Talk what, last Saturday, and you had an email where someone asked how you could reduce the cost of Verizon Wireless. And you mentioned that Verizon has a prepaid plan that they don't really advertise. So I went to the Verizon office in Bowie and asked about the prepaid prepaid plan. I explained that we bought our current phones from Apple. We have no desire to get their so-called free phone because we don't want to upgrade every two years and that we're currently on month to month. So they were happy to switch me over to the prepaid plan. Our current plan gave us six gigabytes of data. When I switched to two prepaid plans, I got one cell phone 
has seven gigabytes of data, and the other one has three gigabytes of data. That's mine because I don't use much data. So we have a total of 10 gigabytes of data between the two phones. That's up from six gigabytes of data on the full plan, and I'm saving $75 a month. That's crazy. Got more data, cheaper rates. Mm. The prepaid plans are the way to go. And then what happens is that now prepaid plans actually have been in Europe for a long time. If you go to Europe, you go to Asia, they're all prepaid plans. And nobody has their cell phone built into the cost of the program because you're paying anywhere from $20 to $30 a month to basically pay for your phone. And then you, so you really don't get a free phone. You pay for it, but they, it's just sure. an installment plan. But the trouble is, if you don't upgrade every two years, you keep paying that twenty to thirty dollars a month. And so you're much better off getting a prepaid plan. And when you want to upgrade your phone, just go, just go upgrade the phone. I think U.S. consumers are getting more informed, and prepaid plans are going well, to become more popular. Okay, so how come? I mean, truth in advertising. How can they call it truly a free phone when it's not? I know it's not. It's what what they're saying is that your plan cost covers your plan and the phone is free. Yeah. But it's not free. It is not free at all. It is really a misadvertising. That's what I'm saying. How can they do that? Well, just you know, they can. They can. (laughs) Because they can just say that the network costs that much. All right, okay. But it's not true. It isn't true. And so, and but now consumers are catching on, and they were hiding these plans. But now, because some cell phone companies are now beginning to push them, even Verizon is allowing people to switch over, and they're allowing people to discover it because they were losing too many people to the other carriers on prepaid plans. So, Jim, I'm glad you had a great success there on that prepaid plan. Yeah, really. We got an email from Doug in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Dear Dr. Shirts, hey, Jim and Mr. Big Voice, I've got a couple of short questions. First, uh, do you see any problem with me shutting down my computer in the hibernate state? Now, I normally hibernate my computer rather than shutting it down because it allows for a quick, quicker Windows 10 startup. Because when the computer ends in the hibernate state, it actually looks at the state of all the RAM and the, the state of the entire operating system. It saves that state to the hard drive. So when you boot up, it just loads up RAM as though nothing had ever happened. And you can boot up much faster because you don't have to open up all the applications. So he says, is there any problem with that? He says, now every week I'll shut down my, I'll shut down my computer and do a, a full startup. Well, um, Doug, that's actually not a bad idea because Hibernate does give you a quick startup. It's especially used for laptops when you just, you know, close the laptop. It'll go into a Hibernate mode for you. And it it does allow you to get a a, a faster startup. You are wise to reboot about once a week because poorly designed programs in Windows leave uh, blocks of uh, programs in RAM. And they they don't clear the RAM. And so over time, you've got more and more RAM used by remnants of, of previously executed programs. And so you, if you shut down the computer, that clears out all that junk and that frees up your RAM. So I would say doing a clean reboot once a week is, uh, is a good, good practice. And so no problem. It's a great idea. He had a second thing. I'm also doing an automated file backup to an imaged external hard drive. 
Now, if I create an external hard drive with an image on my Mandrive, I keep backing it up. Then if I get malware on my computer, aren't I just backing up the malware too? And how can I avoid that? Love your show. It's a great, um, very enjoyable and great information. Doug in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Well, Doug, the uh, having a mirrored backup is really designed to protect you from hard drive failure or from somebody stealing your computer. It doesn't really protect you from malware that gets on your computer. It's You are going to back up that malware. That is true. Now, one thing is if you've got a backup and somebody comes in and, they, and you get ransomware on your computer, um, you know, it's, uh, you are going to, you're not going to want, you're, you're, you're going, hopefully, you're not going to back up the ransomware and, uh, and then you can restore your, 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 uh, your computer from the, uh, from the hard drive. Now, normally what happens if you get an infection on your computer, a normal infection that sort of causes problems, you can go back and restore your computer to a previous state. So if something happens and it's not working right, so your, your computer has multiple restore dates on it. Normally there's that every time you do an update, you know, a, a system update or a system patch, it will give you another, it will give you another restore date. So you can go into your computer, go back, and you can restore it to a previous state, and you can do it do that restoration prior to the infection, and that will normally normally clean it up. But the, um, the mirrored backup is not going to protect you from that. But it's still good practice. I've, I've got a mirrored backup on, on my computer. Actually, I've got a mirrored backup that I'm running on a little external hard drive. I just have it there because it's convenient. Then I've also got, uh, I'm doing a backup to, to Carbonite, plus I've got my pictures backing up to other cloud things. So I'm backing up places, multiple areas, and, and that really multiple cloud services. So I'm really covered no matter what. So having backups is, um, is, very, is a very good idea, and I think you're on the right track there. We got an email from Alan in Kansas. Dear Doc and Jim, I just got a new laptop with Windows 10. Periodically, uh, when I try to save a file, I get this annoying pop-up that tells me to sign on to OneDrive, which, of course, is the cloud uh, storage service offered by Microsoft. Now, I don't really use OneDrive for anything. I, you know, I back up everything on Carbonite, and I hate this pop-up because then I have to remember my password to OneDrive, and then, and then if I'm not hooked up to the Internet, it keeps popping up and popping up all the time. This is so bothersome. Can I get rid of it? Well... The reason that, Alan, the reason that uh, OneDrive pops up is that it is listed in the startup items in your PC configuration. So probably Microsoft, when they, you know, set this set up, when they set up your operating system, they just installed OneDrive in the, in the startup because they want to use OneDrive, and ultimately they want you to pay for more OneDrive storage. Now, what you can do, you can just simply disable OneDrive from starting every time you reboot your computer. So what you want to do is you can just right-click on the taskbar and choose Task Manager option. Or it's, uh, it's easy. You can also do the shortcut Control-Shift-Escape, and that brings up the Task Manager. And then you choose More Details at the bottom. And then once you come up with more details, you can click on the Startup tab, and you'll see a list of programs that, that start up every time you reboot the computer, and you'll see OneDrive listed there. Simply highlight OneDrive and click Disable, and you're done. Now, the next time you start up, uh, your OneDrive will not load, and it won't ask you to log into OneDrive, you know, every time you try to save something. Now, if you never use OneDrive, and never intend to use OneDrive, you can install it. 
Simply go to Settings and then go to Apps, or you can simply click on the shortcut is Control-I, and then, uh, and then you'll get a list of apps that are installed in your computer. Scroll down to OneDrive, and you can click Uninstall. And then you can uninstall OneDrive, and you'll never see it again. Now, I've got the same system on my laptop. I didn't uninstall OneDrive because I occasionally back up stuff to OneDrive. I just don't want to use it on a regular basis to back up in real time every time I do something. Uh, you know, because I'm doing that back up in real time to my mirror plus to my carbonite. We got an email from uh, Alice in Alexandria. Dear Doc and Jim, help me with a big debate that I'm having with my son. Whenever I type a document, I use two spaces after every period. Whenever my son types a document, he uses one space after every period. He says that I'm old-fashioned and that two spaces slows him down and does no good. Now, what's the rule for typing documents? That's a very good question. This is a, this is a critical thing, and it, it probably is an age thing. I'm a, I'm a two-spacer myself, and that, that comes from a long time ago. Well, this is the beauty, Alice. There was just a study done by Skidmore College, and the name of the study was, Are Two Spaces Better Than One? <laughs> And so it's the effect of spacing following periods and commas. It appears in the current issue of Attention, Perception, and Psychophysics. Rebecca Johnson did the study. Now, what they did, they actually had students reading uh, articles. Some had two spaces and some had one space. And what they discovered was that if there are two spaces after the period, it increased the reading speed of the average participant by 3% hmm. because they were able to register the end of the, of, of the sentence quicker. Now, this is an average of nine additional words per minute above their normal performance of the one-space conditions. So, based on the study at Skidmore College, Alice, I would say that two spaces has won one round one of the competition. Let your son know this and enjoy the moment. Well, but see, <laughs> if you tell him this, he's, he's going to be more steadfast yes. because he wants to do something different than mom. That's exactly right. I'll tell you, this whole two-space, it started out with uh, uh, typewriters, which are fixed pitch. Mm -hmm. And you've got a fixed pitch typewriter. There's so much space between the letters that having two spaces between the sentences really looked good. Then when they went to variable pitch fonts that you have on computers— those fonts are spaced closer, so it turns out, in fact, that one space after the period looks okay mm -hmm. because the variable space fonts are packed tighter. So people who grew up on a typewriter are two-spacers. People who grew up typing on a computer tend to be one-spacers. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's a generation gap. But I'm glad that the psychophysics analysis showed that two spaces are better. Now, if you shift into <laughs> italics, does that make a difference? It could. It could. See? See? It, and it, that's where two spaces would definitely be better than it, one. It could. So that's that's another psychophysics test. That's round two. That is round two. So anyway, I just thought uh, that was an interesting interesting study. And it is. Alice, it's, it came out at just the perfect time for your email. We got an email from Dennis in Arkansas. Dear Tech Talk. I heard that Apple slows down your phone as the battery degrades. I don't want this feature. I prefer the full capability of my phone and then simply recharge it more often. 
Can I disable the iPhone CPU throttling feature? Enjoy the podcast, Dennis in Arkansas. Well, Dennis, you can. They just did an upgrade. You're going to have to make certain you got the latest operating system, iOS 11.3. And you'll see that when you, there, there will be a new icon in that operating system called Battery Health. So you can click on Battery Health, and there are a couple of options. One is, option is Maximum Capacity, which it gauges your battery's health. So, like, the maximum capacity, like, it only charges up to 90% of what it did when it was new. And so you, you really want your maximum capacity as close to 100% as possible. And then, and that lets you know the actual capacity of your battery relative to its new state. Brand new batteries are 100%, and it'll just gradually drop over time. The second option there is peak performance capability. This will let you know whether your device is in, has, is, is, is in slowdown. If the battery currently reports that it supports normal peak performance, then the device has never experienced any kind of reason for slowing down or shutting down, and so there's no throttling. But if you are unable, if your battery is unable to deliver the necessary power at peak, then it will automatically apply performance management, which means that your iPhone's processor is slowed down. So if you go back if you go back to the peak performance capability and you see performance management listed, then you know your CPU is being slowed down. And at that point, you have an opportunity to uh, to basically opt out of the power management. Now what Apple says if you do that, your your iPhone may occasionally just turn off if there's too much of a battery demand and, and it and it can't meet it. Now, if your battery though has these issues, I would recommend you replace it because you can replace your iPhone battery now for $29 in 2018 because IBM got so much blowback with this CPU throttling feature that they reduced the normal cost of battery replacement from $79 to $29 for 2018. You see, people had this sneaky feeling that Apple was slowing the computer down after about two years so that you would be encouraged to get a new iPhone. It was part of a planned obsolescence. Mm -hmm. That is the root of the blowback. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, now Apple denies that. They're saying they're just trying to take care of the customer. Of course they do. But, uh, but because of that blowback, they are offering a deal on the back. And the good news is, I was just checking on that, they, they, because of this, there was a huge demand for battery replacement, and they, they said like a three-month, a two-month backlog to order your battery. Apple has said the backlog is done. You can go in now and you can get a new battery right away. But you have to do this at an Apple it store. It has to be in an Apple store. Which means you have to set up an appointment. Generally, uh, you have to if you're going to have something done. Yes. Have you Have you ever Here's been? Here's the thing at an Apple store. Okay. If you're not going to buy something, you need an appointment. Right. If you're going to buy something, no appointment right, required. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, but you could only get this price at an Apple store. Yes. Only at an Apple store. And it used to be that they would not replace the battery unless it failed the test. Now, doesn't matter. Can, can they do it while you wait, or do you have to leave the phone for a day or two? You, it depends on how much work they have. There is, it gets a fair amount of it. You know, it takes probably an hour to replace right. the battery because it's glued in. Right. So they have to take off the screen, and the battery is like a like a. Uh, like a little bladder, right? It's, it's like thin. It, it's like a thin bladder. It looks like a like a thin, uh, you know, aluminum foil bladder, and it's and they and they have to very carefully remove it and then solder solder the new one back in. So it, it takes a while. So 
they were saying when there was this backlog and they were they were doing so many battery changes, you'd, you'd have to leave your phone there for a few days. So, but now I think it's I think it's much less time now. So we've had this discussion before. The the, the battery is basically because it's thin. It's basically the size of the phone. That's the, the, right. The, the, the width the, the, the width and length. That's of right. It. Basically the size of the screen. So the newer phones that are bigger theoretically do they have a longer battery? They life? do. That's why the that's why the iPhone Pluses have have of higher battery life. The bigger wow. the phone, the 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 better the battery I'm life. I'm so smart. You you are really on it, Jim. You are wow. just. Wow, I've, I've been reading stuff while you, you were gone. You are just a tech guru there. What Listen, a difference ten years has made. They, we love your emails. <laughs> now you can email us techtalk at stratford.edu, and we'll cover your email at the next uh, next show, or I may email you back immediately if it's an emergency. Saturday morning, and this is Tech Talk Radio, heard on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD 2, 103.9 FM HD 2. Watch us do the show by downloading the Periscope app to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. Ready to make a real difference in 2018? A degree in cybersecurity, digital forensics, or networking and telecommunications could help you secure your future as you help secure the world. Stratford University is now enrolling for 2018. Classes start January 8th with career-focused IT degree programs to fit your busy schedule on campus and online. Let Stratford's experienced IT faculty share their industry knowledge and practical solutions to help you succeed in one of today's most sought-after fields with accelerated classes and year-round program starts to help you earn your degree faster. Register today at stratford.edu slash 2018. That's stratford.edu slash 2018, where you'll also find details on Stratford's limited-time $15,000 IT scholarship competition to help you achieve your degree goals. Get complete information now at stratford.edu slash 2018. Stratford University, changing lives one student at a time. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And And now it is time for... Profiles in IT. You know, yes. you go away for mm, a month and, and I, then you I forget, forget how to do stuff. On. And then right in the middle, my earphones died. And Did I, they? And I couldn't get them back. Now they're back. Okay, so it, good. It, it threw me well off a little bit. All is well with the world. Today we're going to feature Marcin Klasinski. <laughs> Klasinski. What noted, do you think? Noted linguist Andrew Mitchell, our Klasinski, adjunct professor. Yes. Uh, Marcin Klasinski is best known as CEO and co-founder of the internet security company Malware Bytes. Andrew says if you want to be technical about it, the true Polish pronunciation is Kleczynski. Kleczynski. Is right? Am I right? Okay. Andrew's nodding. Oh, Kleczynski. Kleczynski. Oh, I should have actually asked their expert. Or, or, you know, we, well, you didn't know. Linguistic We didn't know that the, the lingu- linguistic department was staffed right. on a Saturday morning. Kleczynski. What is it? Kleczynski. Kleczynski. So the, the, the CZY is like a CH. Okay. Kleczynski. Kleczynski. Okay. Marcin Kleczynski. <laughs> 
Klachinsky. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Klachinsky. You know, I you know I rehearse this thing for hours in and front now, of the mirror at home. In front of but the mirror, but you're drinking from, that glass of wine that you always pour you know, to a that glass is of wine. That it. might have something that to do with it. it. You know the wine. I per, you know I pronounced it perfectly when I had a when I had a glass of wine. There you go. <laughs> Marcin Klachinski. I think we should have you do a show with wine in here and see what happens. Is best known as CEO and co-founder of the internet security company Malwarebytes. He was born in Lotz, Lotz, Poland, November <laughs> Where's 1st, Andrew when we need him? 1989. Lotz, Poland in 1989. His family immigrated to the United States when he was just three years old. But he's proud to say that he speaks Polish because they spoke Polish at home. Uh-huh. He was fascinated with flying. And he obtained his, ma- his his pilot's license while he was still a junior in college. But here's the thing. This was after he started Malware Bites. Uh-huh. He was already a millionaire. So he became a pilot after, after the fact. After becoming a millionaire. Well, it's a good thing to have money to do that because it is. being a pilot is an expensive proposition. He attended Fenton High School in Bentonville, Illinois, Bensonville, Illinois, and received a Bachelor of Science from the University of Illinois in 2012. That was the year after he became a pilot. Mm-hmm. Now, as a teenager, Klaczynski found a job working as a technician in a computer repair shop in Chicago. Now, that people come in with their computer infected with viruses. These guys wouldn't do anything to try to remove it. they just reformat the hard drive. That was their fix. They didn't, then they didn't have to figure out anything. And he says, well, this is, you know, this isn't very informative, but that's what they did. So he didn't really pay much attention to it until his mother's computer became infected. And she told him that she's got valuable files on that hard drive, and he had better not reformat the hard drive, and he had better fix it for her. So the pressure was on. So he posted a... uh, a request for help on spyware info, which was a popular uh, a popular forum at the time, and he got feedback from spyware info. And using that feedback, he was able to fix his mom's computer without reformatting the hard drive. And then he that gave him an ID. He says, you know, there's probably a need for uh, some kind of software that would do this because the traditional uh, software programs like you know like Norton Antivirus uh, really didn't clean it up. It didn't it didn't clean up the problem for him. So he uh, he he got he got to become friends with one of the uh, administrators of the forum there, and they had a uh, a domain name that they they wanted to sell malwarebytes. So he bought malwarebytes.com from this from his admin friend there at the forum. And he decided, okay, maybe I should make a company out of this. So, but it sat just dormant for a while. That was in 2004. So then he began writing his own free software tools in Visual Basic, and he worked with one of the um, one of the forum one of the spyware info forum regulars, Bruce Harrison, and together they wrote the first version of Malwarebytes. Now, he still, uh, and then this is about the time he started college. So in 2006, he, he continued to work on it. He told his roommate about this this uh, project, and he and his roommate started working on more uh, malware, malware uh, uh, um, software, and they developed something called the Rogue Remover. Which is different than Rouge Remover. Yes, yeah, different <laughs> than Rouge Remover. This is the Rogue Remover. This was a utility that targeted rogues. <laughs> I would assume so, now, and not Rouge. 
That's right. Now, what it is, rogues were uh, malware programs that, that would go on the computer, and then they would tell the, uh, the user, your, you, you need uh, to install antivirus software. And so you go here, and you put in your credit card information, and we'll sell you antivirus software, which will then clear up some bogus infection that you have. And this was a way to steal credit card information, and people fell for it. So he, he wrote a program that would remove those rogues that were, that were stealing credit card information. Rogue Remover proved to be very instrumental. It was one of the core components as they were developing Malware Bytes anti-malware. That's a great name, by the way. Rogue Remover. I love that. Yeah. Which one? Rogue Remover. Rogue Remover. Oh, yeah. Kaczynski was able to set up a forum that where he basically uploaded his new versions of malware bytes, and that allowed him to improve it because he got constant feedback. He didn't charge much for it at all. And then finally, he reached he reached to a point that was getting to be quite a professional product because he got all this feedback from the forum, and he formally launched, Kleczynski and Harrison formally launched malware bytes January 21st, 2008, while he was still studying computer science at the University of Illinois. Bruce... Harrison became VP of Research for Malware Bytes, and and they also hired Doug Swanson, who was an experienced uh, freeware development technician. The first year, they made six hundred thousand dollars selling the software, and they they actually, you know, never met much during that time. They just were working remotely as as kind of a virtual company. In 2014, Malware Bytes received a thirty million dollar funding investment from Highland Capital. In 2015, malware bytes treated 250 million computers worldwide, and that represents 20 to 25 percent of all the working business computers. Mm. In 2014, his, the number of users grew from 25 million to 35 million, and his revenues took off to uh, grew by by over 1600 percent. In 2016, Malware Bytes unveiled an anti-ransomware package, Endpoint Security, announced that it raised another $50 million from Fidelity Management. In 2014, Kleczynski won the Silicon Valley Journal's 40 Under 40 Award and the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. He reportedly made his first million dollars by the time he was 19. I plan on making my first million by the time I'm 119. So I'm telling you, malware bytes. It's it's very light. Uh, it doesn't slug your. You know, it doesn't load your computer down. I, mm -hmm. and, and you can really run malware bytes. You know, along with uh, uh, antivirus, and it and it and it's not it's not too bad. So this malware bytes, and you can all you can get free versions of it. You don't have to get the full blown version. And uh, so if you, if you just want to get a cheap uh, antivirus software, Malware Bytes is good, and I recommend it. And now you know about the guy who started it. Indeed you do. And I hope you're paying attention because we're about to prove that uh, lunch sometimes can be free by playing the pop quiz here on Tech Talk Radio, Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, 1039 FM HD 2. Watch us do the show by downloading the Periscope app to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment.
Ready to make a real difference in 2018? A degree in cybersecurity, digital forensics, or networking and telecommunications could help you secure your future as you help secure the world. Stratford University is now enrolling for 2018. Classes start January 8th with career-focused IT degree programs to fit your busy schedule. On campus and online, let Stratford's experienced IT faculty share their industry knowledge and practical solutions to help you succeed in one of today's most sought-after fields with accelerated classes and year-round program starts to help you earn your degree faster. Register today at stratford.edu slash 2018. That's stratford.edu slash 2018, where you'll also find details on Stratford's limited-time $15,000 IT scholarship competition to help you achieve your degree goals. Get complete information now at stratford.edu slash 2018. Stratford University, changing lives one student at a time. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell, Jim Russ, Featuring Mr. Big Voice. With musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band. And your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can sit down. You know, now, they really missed you. Please. Oh, yeah. They missed oh, you terribly. Oh, and I missed them too. It was a, <laughs> that sounds I so missed them so much. You went to the. Uh, Oh God! Was it the guy from Facebook? That's right. School, school of Mark, sincerity. Mark Zuckerberg. The Mark yes. Zuckerberg School of Sincerity. That's right. We're so sorry. <laughs> so very sorry. So this is not simply a radio show. This no. is a classroom of the airways, yes. and we're going to test to see whether you've been listening uh, attentively to the uh, to the uh, to the lessons. Yes. Uh, earlier in the show, I of course uh, talked about Marcin Plachinski. Yeah. <laughs> CEO and co-founder of the internet security company Malware Bytes. Now he was quite a young millionaire. He, he he achieved his first million while he was still in college, and making quite a bit of money there. And as soon as he became a millionaire, what was the first thing that he did? Well, uh, oh yeah, I was waiting for something else. That, but what was the first thing that he did? If what you was, know the answer to yes. today's question, gosh darn it, pick up the phone and dial us now. If you're calling from west of the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. If you're calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're flying in your aeroplane over Canada, <laughs> call us on the wildcard line, 877-936-9333. And of course, as always, the international line is 877-9-3639. Three, three, three. Yes, and if you're trying to reach us from Chattisgarh, India, wow. you can reach us on from using Skype. Simply connect to Tech Talk Radio 1 and your call will be forwarded to the studio free of charge. Andrew Mitchell, our adjunct professor for prize distribution and crowd control is standing by to take your call, so dial now. So let's talk about the word of the week, self-fitus. <laughs> self-fitus. 
Are you obsessed with taking selfies? No. Okay. So, is do you think it's <laughs> selfitis or selfieitis? No. There's only one eye. So, yeah. I guess you're selfitis. 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 I mean, you could be. It could be selfieitis, but but it's not spelled selfieitis. No, it isn't. No, this psychologist. They the psychologist. They're very learned people. They call them selfitis. I'll back off. Selfitis because because you see, if you take selfies all the time. You're focused on yourself. Yes. And so it, you have a case of self-itis. Uh-huh. And the selfie uh-huh. is merely is merely a symptom. It's, 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 right. a, it's, it's a, a manifestation. A manifestation of self-itis. Mm-hmm. Chances are, you, if you have self-itis, you've got a genuine mental condition that makes you feel compelled to constantly take photos of yourself and post them on social media. So there, there, there are a few people. The Kardashians, I'd say, have self, self itis. Yes, what, wouldn't you think? I so? would agree with that. They, with a capital S. With a capital S. Now the term's been around since 2014 to describe obsessive selfie taking, <laughs> but it has not been backed by science until now. Mm-hmm. Researchers from Nottingham Trent University and the the Aganar School of Management investigated the term and discovered six motivating factors. <laughs> Okay. Those who suffer from self-itis generally are seeking to boost their confidence. They're seeking attention. They're seeking to improve their mood, make memories, confirm, conform with their social group, and be socially competitive. Typically, those with the condition suffer from a lack of confidence and are seeking to fit in with those around them. And they display symptoms similar to other potentially addictive behaviors. Now that its condition has been confirmed, it's hoped that further research can be carried out to learn how and why people develop self-itis. Well, this is this is like a subset of what social media, in particular Facebook, has done to us. Everybody, That's right. everybody shows the best parts of their that, life. Nobody it, ever shows exactly. where they got drunk and trashed the living room they on never, Facebook. They, never they don't do show that. that. It's everybody's perfect little life. And that's sort of what that's kind of that's kind of another example of self-itis. And then mm-hmm. I guess people that post all the time on Facebook, maybe that would be postitis. Postitis, I like that. There could, yes. there could be another 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 item there. I think there. you may be onto something. Uh, we do not have a winner yet. So uh, let's go back, you, and I'll just review on. the question. Yeah, go, please do. Yeah, <laughs> Marcin Plachinski. Let's see. This this just comes back. I have to pronounce his name again. Uh, co-founder of Malware Bytes, he became a uh, millionaire at age 19. He immediately went out and learned to do something. And uh, it was always his dream to do this. What was that? I think I think that you should get a prize for pronouncing the name correctly. I, I would hope and so. And so the number so the number is 877-936-9333. 877-936-9333. Dial now. Ooh, well. <laughs> Now, Amazon can now drop off deliveries to your trunk as well as to your home. I'm not sure I, sh- I like this. As a Prime member, you get you can get your Amazon packages securely delivered right to your vehicle parked at home or at work or any other locations which are near your address book. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the... Um, the thing they've actually had trouble with people getting deliveries in their house. Did you hear read the case last week where somebody delivered a package to the person's house and the delivery man stole the puppy? And they, I did not hear that. They <laughs> stole they, the puppy. They stole the guy's puppy. <laughs> and uh, and then he emailed Jeff 
Bezos. No, 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 he worked. Dear on, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff my Bezos. My dog is gone. He said, you know, your guy came, delivered the thing, my puppy was gone. Jeff Bezos answered his email. He really? Said, I'm going to check into it. They they contacted a guy in his city. The guys and the delivery guy said, no, I didn't see a dog. But Wow. But they were suspicious. So the employee, the Amazon employee, went to the house of the delivery guy and found, found the dog. Found the dog. <laughs> And they returned it. <laughs> Sounds like a KN episode of Monk. It was. It was. A, it was a major thing. So anyway, um, so people are saying, "Look, I don't want to open up my house." And so they got the idea. Well, why don't we just drop it off to the trunk of your car? Now that's actually not. Bad. Sometimes you want to get a delivery package while you're at work. So if you've got a 2015 or newer car that has OnStar or mm-hmm. Volvo Volvo OnCall, now that would be in a Chevrolet, a Buick, a GMC, a Cadillac, or a Volvo. You can actually link your Amazon key to either on OnStar or the Volvo on-call service. That's crazy. Then what you do is the Amazon driver, they're looking around. They can use satellite location to locate your car. This is crazy. And then when they get there, they notify the service that they've got a package to drop off. The service unlocks the trunk. They put it in the trunk, and then they close the trunk. Do they notify you at the time that this is happening? Yeah, you are notified whenever there's a, whenever there's a delivery. Now, this in-car delivery of, is available in 37 cities now, including Atlanta, Austin, Houston, and most importantly, Washington, D.C. Wow. And so um, they started, they, they had a small pilot of this thing in, in uh, Germany, and, uh, and it worked uh, quite well. So people that don't want to let someone in their home may not mind letting them in their trunk. So yeah, I, I guess you're a, right. As opposed to letting the box sit on the front porch and get stolen. So, well, And you know what? That's a very valid point. So what are your feelings about this? I, th- I, I think the car is a better option. You I think re- so? Yeah, I, because it's, it's limited vulner- vulnerability. They're not in the whole house. That's true. But so here, I'm, I'm thinking this. Uh, this is the next, the next scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, people start scoping out parking lots waiting for the Amazon guy to show up. Something goes in somebody's car, they leave, and then people break into the car. Break and in steal. the trunk, yeah. That so, would be, you know, I that mean, would be the next. There's thing. always something to screw up a good idea. That would be the next thing. But at least they've got to break into the car. They just can't go waltz up to your your house and your house and take it because people well, f- people follow the delivery truck and they just scarf up stuff as it's being delivered. Do you know this? <laughs> you don't know this because I'm about to tell you this. The the other radio station where I work, which is not not necessarily in a bad part of town uh-huh. in Baltimore, uh, when the FedEx guy comes, there is an uh, a uh, off-duty cop who follows him, follows that truck around in his in his uh, personal vehicle to make sure that nothing happens to the uh, to the UPS guy. Wow. Isn't, isn't that crazy? Yeah. He waits out is. of the parking lot, make sure the truck stays in one piece. Amazing. I know. Amazing. And on that note, I think it's time for us to okay. give away some food. Okay, very good. Very Let good. us go to line numero dos, and this is Ron calling us from Southbridge, Virginia. Ron, good morning. How are you? Just fine, and you? Very well, thank you. Uh, Dr. Schertz, please yes. do the, the honors. This morning we talked about Marcin Klachinski. He, of course, is CEO of Malwarebytes. After he got his first million dollars in college, what did he do to uh, celebrate? He took a, tra- a training and became a pilot. That is that correct. Is the correct, correct. answer. Correct. <laughs> Ron, thank you very much for calling and listening and uh, playing our, our pro. Our, uh, what was this? A pop quiz? That's what we call it. That's a pop Hang quiz. Hang on the phone here. We're going to send you back to Andrew Mitchell, who handles all of the dirty work on this job, all the things that are too complicated for us to handle. 
and he will take your information. This is Saturday morning, and you are listening to Federal News Radio on 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD2, and 1039 FM HD2. And you can also follow us on uh, Facebook. Where are we on Facebook, Doc? Uh, Tech Talk Online. Tech Talk Online. And you can watch us do the show by following us on Twitter. I'm sorry, on uh, Periscope. I'm having trouble with all this social media yes, stuff. I know. At WFED Tech Talk, and you can watch us do the show live. We'll be back in just a minute. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. Ready to make a real difference in 2018? A degree in cybersecurity, digital forensics, or networking and telecommunications could help you secure your future as you help secure the world. Stratford University is now enrolling for 2018. Classes start January 8th with career-focused IT degree programs to fit your busy schedule on campus and online. Let Stratford's experienced IT faculty share their industry knowledge and practical solutions to help you succeed in one of today's most sought-after fields with accelerated classes and year-round program starts to help you earn your degree faster. Register today at stratford.edu slash 2018. That's stratford.edu slash 2018, where you'll also find details on Stratford's limited-time $15,000 IT scholarship competition to help you achieve your degree goals. Get complete information now at stratford.edu slash 2018. Stratford University, changing lives one student at a time. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. Let's talk about some apps to keep your kids from texting and driving. Mm -hmm. This is becoming a big problem. People, they, they, they can't stay away from their cell phone if it's bumping, you know, if it's, they're getting, it's beeping and vibrating and giving them all sorts of notifications. It's just hard to stay away from it. So there are a few things that you can do uh, in order to just turn off all those notifications, which I think would be a big help to keep kids off of their cell phones. Now, iPhone has something very nice. They have something called Do Not Disturb. Mm -hmm. Now, usually mm -hmm. that's used, you know, you're going to sleep at night. You can put it on Do Not Disturb, and, and you'll get no notifications in the middle of the night. But they've added an additional feature to Do Not Disturb. So you can you can click on the Do Not Disturb. You, you go to Settings, and then you click on Do Not Disturb, and then it will open up a menu, and there's something called Do Not Disturb While Driving. And when you click on Do Not Disturb While Driving, you've got three options. One would be to automatically turn on Do Not Disturb. Does or, it figure that out because you're, because you're moving, moving? Because uh -huh. of the GPS. Or it will say, when connected to Bluetooth, car Bluetooth, turn on Do Not Disturb, or you turn it on manually. Pick whichever one fits your situation. So your kids, you could actually set up the Do Not Disturb to be automatically. So whenever your kids are in the car, they won't get any phone calls. They won't get any text messages. They'll get no notifications. That's actually a pretty nice feature. Not bad. Now, they can turn it off, but but you could say you expect them to leave it on. And I think it's a way for them to, to stay away from it. They're also, but that's just the, uh, you know, the iPhone. If you've got an Android... There are a couple of other apps that you can use. And now these, these apps work on either Android or iPhone. One is Lifesaver. 
Now, Lifesaver blocks all text and calls while driving. It also alerts parents when a child arrives at their location safely. It tracks mileage and does a lot more, and it's available for both iOS and Android, and it offers many parental options. So Lifesaver is a very good way for parents to keep track of what their kids are up to and also to block this text while driving. Now, of course, they could they could disable it, but then the parents can tell that. There's also an AT&T drive mode. Now, this is a simple one, but it gets a lot of things right. It automatically turns on and detects movement above 15 miles an hour. It blocks all notifications. It would then automatically disable itself a few minutes after the vehicle stops moving. Even though it's called an AT&T app, it's available for all users regardless of the carrier, and it's available for both iOS and Android. So either one of these options are pretty good options. Have you have you ever gotten the reply back from when you've texted somebody who has this turn on? No, I've never. I done actually that. have. It's it, it, it. The message comes up. Uh, I I I can't text right now. I'm driving or something along that. But yeah. it says uh, I I can't be disturbed right now or something along that line. That is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Have you seen? There's a Ford commercial out. Ford has a lot of child, well, child, but uh, you know. Uh, young driver protection things in some of the new cars where you can preset how loud the radio goes. Wow. You can, <laughs> when, when you get in the car, and I suspect it has to be if they put the phone on Bluetooth, mm-hmm. that it will forward all the calls directly into voicemail and their phone won't ring while they're in the car. And you could actually also set the top speed that the car will go. Wow. That's pretty neat. That is pretty neat. That's right. That is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Amazon is having a problem with fake reviews. Now, thousands of Amazon account holders are part of an extensive, invisible workforce which is fueling the fraud economy. Buyers are unwittingly purchasing inferior or faulty products. Now, the system that creates these reviews is a complicated web of subreddits. These are, you know, these these are forums, invite-only Slack channels, private Discord servers, closed Facebook groups. This is where they communicate. And... uh, and they basically have ways to get paid for doing these great reviews. Now, you have to be a verified user. And so what will happen is that these companies will reimburse you if you buy their product with, um, you know, with your credit card. And then if you leave a five-star review. So it looks like a verified user is getting a product and getting reimbursed for it. And um, Amazon can't detect it. Now, there are now artificial intelligence um, um, tools out there that sort of look for the, the hallmarks of like a fake review. You, they sort of, because they tend to cut and paste the same thing, they mm-hmm. tend to say the same thing. And, and so they've done a study on it, and, uh, you know, about 12% of the reviews are fake on, on, on Amazon. And that, that is a, um, you know, a lot. It turns out that in a 2011 survey, 87% of consumers said a positive review confirmed their decision to purchase a product. But really, of people who buy products, only 3 to 10% ever leave reviews. And the only way that an Amazon product can really get up in the listing is have a lot of five-star reviews. The only way to do it is to buy it. And so companies are buying reviews. That's, that's crazy. And so... Typically, what I will do when I look at the Amazon, okay, this data says 9.1% of the reviews, they call them unnatural. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just the phraseology. So what I do is I look for, if there are several thousand reviews, too many to be faked. And then 
if you will look at, suppose there are like some several, like three or four five-star reviews just glowing, and then you'll see three or four reviews that are that just say, this product is terrible. There's a complete disconnect. So I'm thinking those really five-star reviews are fake and that the, the bad reviews are the real ones. So you start looking for an unnatural flow in these things. You start looking for the, for the bad reviews. But Amazon's got a problem here, and they don't really have a, they don't have a way to, um, to fix it. But it's going to be coming a bigger and bigger problem. South Korea's largest cryptocurrency exchange is under investigation. Now, this is the thing with Bitcoin and these cryptocurrencies. You know, there's a lot of fraud going on with these, especially if you store your cryptocurrency at, at one of these repositories. See, if I were going to buy Bitcoin, I would take my Bitcoin and put it on a, a thumb drive and I'd store it. Mm -hmm. I'd store it at home safely. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put it on one of these central repositories and then wanted to spend my Bitcoin. I'd have my Bitcoin wallet on a thumb drive, not even hooked to the Internet. And then if I want to spend a Bitcoin, I just put my thumb drive into my computer and then spend my Bitcoin. Now, I'd, I'd make certain to have my thumb drive backed up because if you have, suppose you have $50,000 worth of Bitcoin, you'd hate to lose it. And it gets it. lost or corrupted, as we know, thumb yeah, drives have yeah, a tendency you would, to. Yeah, you would, you would hate to do that. And so so the, the, the authorities are investigating UpBits computers and account sheets to review their crypt crypto holdings. They haven't really pressed press charges yet, but it appears that upbit users are withdrawing their funds from the exchange in mass, and there may not be enough money to cover everything. South Korea shifted focus from outright ban of cryptocurrencies to defining regulations for cryptocurrencies. This is becoming a bigger and bigger problem. Four executives from two different cryptocurrency exchanges, including CoinNest, South Korea's fifth largest cryptocurrency exchange, were also arrested last month for charges of embezzlement and fraud. Mm. The last chance for net neutrality. Of course, the FCC overturned uh, Obama's net neutrality rules. They said, look, we, we want the marketplace to decide over how we allocate bandwidth on the Internet. But the Democrats are trying to bring a bill up to the Senate. So the, all of the Democrats plus one Republican are trying to force a Senate vote. And it looks like because they've got one Republican who's a— switched over, and it, and because Senator, Senator John McCain is not going to vote, they may have enough votes to pass this thing in the Senate, where they are basically going to file a, a discharge petition, which, uh, which was formally needed to trigger a Senate vote, and they hope that the vote will be scheduled by June 12th, because the, the Democrats are trying to block the the elimination of net neutrality on the internet. The FCC did what, and what this issue is: there, people in who are who are in favor of net neutrality say that the internet service providers who provide all the bandwidth should have no way to control traffic on their internet. They need to make they need to be agnostic, make make the bandwidth available to anyone, and by and large they do that. But if they, for instance, install new fiber optic software to increase the bandwidth, they're not allowed to make a fast lane to get repaid for their money, so they can't create an express lane. And if that would be like if you can't charge more for the express lane, nobody's ever going to build an express lane. So the Republicans say this is going to inhibit technology investment, and the Democrats say if we allow for fast lanes, it's going to lead to unfair business practices. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's the great divide. 
So the Democrats are are in, are in favor of it. The now that the FCC is a three on three Republicans on the board and two Democrats, they they basically eliminated it. And my feeling is that the internet does better without regulations, so we're probably better off without it. And uh, and trust the companies to do the right thing. And if they do the wrong thing, then people can just go and use another company. Fusion could be on the power grid in 15 years. But I don't really think I have enough time to get into Probably fusion. Not. No. I'm just looking at thing here. Yes. Listen, we love your emails. You know, you got you, you can send us emails at tech tech talk at stratford.edu and we'll get back to them as uh, as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, enjoy talking about technology. The one reason that we have this show to talk about technology is that we believe that technology is really extremely simple. Uh, you just have to sort of be aware of it to see where things are going. Well, that's the thing. It seems intimidating at first, at right? At first. But but things don't move as quickly as you think. Like the Internet, the protocol on the Internet, TCPIP, was developed the summer of 1973. Mm-hmm. And so things move slowly, uh, and you have to be aware of standards and trends. And so what we try to do on the show is we try to explore the trends so people can see where the technology is going. We try to stay out of the weeds as much as we can. Sometimes I drop in the weeds, and Jim, and you and you save me before I, I go too deep. I don't know about deep. that, but sometimes some of the trips into the weeds are, are fun, and, and it's a, you know, a look behind. It things. is. It is kind of a look behind. And so... We hope that you will enjoy technology because of shows like Tech Talk. We love your email. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu. Go to the Stratford University website at stratford.edu. Check out the programs there and tell them you heard about those programs on Tech Talk Radio. Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.